0: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Here's Ricky Chino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on everybody? We we missed you. We we genuinely missed you. We're sorry. We had to Change up our schedules a little bit on the uh, on the fly last week. Weren't able to do the, the, the Friday show. And my goodness, SP3, so much has happened since the last time that we were on these airwaves here on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast YouTube channel. And also, yes, the podcast available anywhere podcasts are. Apple, iHeart, Spotify. We're everywhere, baby. Of course, you can tune in every Tuesday live here on the YouTube channel at 2 15 Eastern standard time. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for joining us. Pound that thumbs up button, pound the subscribe button. If you haven't already. SP3 so much to dive into from grand slam last week, which you were at all four hours of it. So much has happened. We have a new AEW world champion. We have a new ring of honor world champion. We got reports that CM Punk may have wrestled his last match uh, in AEW. We got Extreme Rules, which is actually going to be extreme this year. What a novel concept that is. We now have more White Rabbit clues, but are they more for the White Rabbit or are they more of a red herring? Uh, we So much to dive into with that. Huge numbers this week for Friday night SmackDown. Oh, yeah. Soraya is back, formerly known as Paige. She shows up at Grand Slam. Candace LeRae makes her return last night. And I feel like we got something special brewing with Sami Zayn and the bloodline going on here. So much to dive into here today, SP3.
0: It's a great day, a great week in wrestling. A lot for us to discuss. That's the, that's the bright side of not doing a show later in the week on a Thursday or a Friday. It gives us a little bit extra for our Tuesday live show. So thank you everyone for joining us. Remember to drop that thumbs up on the video, share it with your friends, subscribe if you are new to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. About to hit that five hundred in, in 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 no time, right before yes. the end of the year, because that's Rick's goal before the end of the year. We're going to get it done before
1: then. Get yeah. it done today. And, and guess what? Then we start the holiday season off right for one of y'all because as soon as we hit 500 subscribers, one of those lucky subscribers is going to win $100. I said 100. hundred, one zero zero to either WWE or AEW shop. Your choice. Your choice. But we got to hit 500 first, so spread the word. We're closing in. We're inching there. We're getting there every single day and before we dive into everything we got to get into here today got to thank our friends over at bet online because we wouldn't be here right now without them they are the fastest easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines get reviews and news for every league including the nfl mlb nba nhl combat sports esports and golf Betonline online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting to props and futures Head on over to BetOnline today or use your mobile device and you can join. Make your first sports bet maybe on Thursday Night Football this week. Bengals and Dolphins, big matchup. But do it using our promo code BELIEVE50, 5 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. SP3, if you had bet on Bet Online, say that the Miami Dolphins would be the last undefeated team in the AFC, you would have won a ton of money. So head on over there. Only two undefeated teams left in the entire NFL, and we are on week four. That just shows you the parody uh, across uh, the league. Chase saying uh, parlay the Bengals' money line and the over this Thursday on BetOnline Chase's lock of the week. I would put money on the Bengals. Typically, I don't do that because every time I've done that in the past, uh, they have burned me. But I'm looking at a banged-up Tua. I'm looking at them having to travel on a rough week after the defense played 90 snaps on Sunday. I'd be putting money on Joe Burrow to do some damage. Welcome listen to, to we-
0: listen to chase. Chase is uh really knowledgeable when it comes to football and he has the best rants on true Hill heat sports. He has the best rants, especially about his chargers watching, watching the chargers is entertaining just to hear chase's reaction.
1: Ooh, they had a rough, they had a rough go of it. They have a really good quarterback, but for some reason they, they don't win. Like there's always harp around the t- hype around the chargers, but they just, They don't win. I know Justin Herbert's dealing with an injury right now. So issues there in Los Angeles. So we do say hello to Queen and to Safet and G and to everybody is uh, who is tuning in. Safet saying he wants uh, everyone in Florida to stay safe from Hurricane Ian. That storm's going to be a bad mf -er. He says, yeah, uh, it could be a category four by the time it's going to hit. It's going to hit the Tampa area. This is going to be the first time SP3 in a hundred years that Tampa has had been hit directly by a hurricane. Um, and I know Tony Khan has tweeted that he's, you know, got, uh, you know, there's a lot of worry surrounding the shows with so much talent in both AEW and WWE who live in the Florida, uh, the state of Florida and the area around Tampa. So this is going to be, um, interesting this week, but, uh, yeah, just stay safe. Everybody who is, uh, watching, uh, in Florida who lives in Florida, you know, we, were wishing all the best uh for you guys uh ace and i'm glad that malachi black cleared up the rumors uh even i knew that he was just uh taking a break uh we will talk about uh, malachi a little bit here uh coming up but uh, sp3 i do want to talk about what i believe to be the best thing going in in all of professional wrestling right now um because i every so often you know you get that storyline that shows up and you just Feel it in your bones that there's something special brewing here. I get that sense right now with Sami Zayn and the bloodline. What we saw this past Friday was another spectacular segment where it looked like Jey Uso was going to get his wish and Roman Reigns was going to kick Sami Zayn to the curb. And Jay was all about it. And he was ready there to just rip the shirt right off of Sami Zayn. And then Roman says, I never want to see you wearing that bloodline shirt. Because I got you your own shirt. Honorary Oos SZ on top of it. Sammy looks like, you know, his, his firstborn had just arrived. You know, that's that's the kind of joy and exuberance that, has, that just came off of his face. Sammy Zane has been doing spectacular work in WWE for a, such a long time now. I mean, he fits so well in the WWE system of literally give me anything and I will make it work. This dude wrestled. Johnny freaking Knoxville at WrestleMania, and it was one of the best matches, objectively, depending on what your view of a good match is. It was one of the best matches of the entire weekend, definitely one of the most talked about. He was an MVP of WrestleMania season and at WrestleMania. The character work that he's been doing is spectacular, and then, oh, yeah, he just goes out, like, no, no big deal, casual Monday, and has an absolute banger and reminds you that he is one of the best in-ring performers in the world. It feels like to me that if WWE plays their cards right with Sami Zayn, as he's already getting over in this heel faction, the crowds are chanting for him. It feels like to me, if they play their cards right by WrestleMania season next year, he could be the biggest baby face in the entire company. And I don't think that's a hot take to say. I really don't.
0: No, because he's getting some of the biggest reactions from anywhere they're at. It doesn't even have to be in Canada. Uh, the, he gets those t- big type of reactions, and that segment on SmackDown was one of the best WWE TV segments of the year, just the performances alone of Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, and Jay Uso. When you combine that with the fact that they gave us a lot that kind of gives you a vision into the future, whether it was solo sokoa be you know being sent here by the elders and the little bit tease of tension between roman and solo and could the, the potential of the elders maybe sending a message to solo to turn on roman if he loses the championships and then you have your whole story where the bloodline can continue and roman can become a baby face right there or and then you have the whole tension between roman and sammy and that previews when the bloodline eventually does turn on sammy and just how violent it could be with how Jay Uso ripped that shirt off of Sami Zayn. And I just love the rising conflict, the rising dissension between Jay Uso and Sami Zayn. So it's so multi-layered. The whole story of the bloodline and the injection of Sami Zayn, it's got the same type of momentum or the same type of like. Organic, just getting over with the crowd and the audience that uh, the partnership of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho had. That yeah. that it, it reminded me that little tease of when the bloodline does eventually turn on Sami Zayn. I think it's gonna be the most effective turn since the Festival of Friendship with Owens and uh, Jericho that has that type of potential. And then you could see, you could kind of see the directions they can go at where you know the the long requested by us here on the Believe in Pro. Wrestling podcast of the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens but then Monday Night Raw gave you you know another layer of, the, of that from the Owens standpoint him teaming with Johnny Gargano maybe this is a new team and they can eventually get enough wins to verse the Usos and that's our little preview of what we we can offer you know from uh you know this type of story so you got Owens and and gargano they could be on the war game side uh the babyface side against the bloodline at survivor series so i love how both shows are kind of inter interconnected not just because they have people crossing over but because they're giving you different elements of different stories and they're setting they're sowing the seeds of what they can give us what type of matches for the rest of the year going into wrestlemania season
1: yeah i'm i would totally be down as much as i want you know KO and Sammy to win tag team gold one day, as we all do. And, and Steven saying the same thing here in the chat. Wonder how long Sammy will be with the bloodline. Uh, he's hoping that KO and Sammy team up to beat the Usos. I would be all on board with Panda Express being the team that does that. To have KO and Johnny be the ones who take the tag team titles off of the Usos. I would be fine for that. If the avenue is to open up Sammy to be the guy that takes the belt off of Roman Reigns, right? Because I feel like that would be the that's that's that would be the height that this Sammy Zayn thing could grow organically to build towards Sammy. I feel like Sammy's gonna be the guy who is the catalyst in the bloodline, you know, kind of descending a little bit, and we see that already. Those beautiful little seeds that have been dropped there, because everybody in the bloodline has a different relationship with Sammy. You've got Jimmy and Sammy who are like. Best bros, and they got the handshake going down. You got Paul Heyman, who is going to be, he's going to feel towards Sammy, however, Roman Reigns feels towards Sammy, because that's what Paul Heyman does best. He ties his emotions to his meal ticket, which is Roman Reigns. Roman is sweetening up here on Sammy a little bit, but he wouldn't be afraid to drop him like a dime of a hat. You got Solo Sokoa who trusts Sammy more than his own brothers right now. And then you have Jay Uso, who flat out would run this man over with a truck tomorrow. There are so many different seeds and dynamics and directions that they can go with it. This is layered storytelling at its finest that we have not seen in WWE for quite some time. So I feel like Sammy's going to be the catalyst that caused the dissension in the ranks of the bloodline and may ultimately force them to kind of split up or, or somehow rally around and take out Sammy Zayn Cause they realize like maybe he's a cancer within the family that could be the way out there. But I look at what this could do for Sammy himself. I could see this propelling him to a level that many of us believed he should have been at a long time ago, but at least now he would have gotten there organically. The only thing that kind of throws a wrench into that plan is, Oh yeah, you still have the rock showing up for Wrestlemania this season, and you want to do Rock and Roman. So it's like anything that involves Roman reigns and potential world titles, you got that, you got the rock that kind of throws that wrench into literally everything. And we talked about this with Seth Rollins. We've talked about it with Cody Rhodes, and the same's going to hold weight for for Sami Zayn here, which makes me think maybe Kevin Owens and Sammy taking the tag titles at the play here yeah that's what i said
0: like i i think that the roman reigns and also the rock coming into play is going to change the dynamic of yeah. the bloodline as well because of his connection to the family so all of that tells us that the bloodline is going to be the central force going into the uh wrestlemania season whether it's roman and rock whether it's the Sami Zayn, and i feel like it has to be zane and owens that takes these titles off of the Usos now because of this tension and this rivalry that they build up between Jey Uso and Sami Zayn. And I I would like just Owens going and Johnny Gargano having a match against the Usos to kind of lead to that because I feel like Johnny Gargano needs to go out on his own path heading into WrestleMania season and putting him in a tag team I don't think is as effective as they probably hope it would be in getting him over. I think he would get over more on his own than in the
1: yeah and the timing of this is going to be interesting because i feel like the bloodline has to be involved at survivor series war games so we're talking that's what the end of november uh is when that would be going on so we're only about two months out from that which gives us roughly what eight smackdowns or so uh plus eight raws you know we're seeing sammy and people kind of bouncing in between each show which i I genuinely don't mind i know some people do but i I really don't care at this point um it's going to be interesting the timeline because and what kind of War Games match they do. If they do five on five, you can keep Sammy with the bloodline and kind of have that be the turning point where they take Sammy out and you can start the babyface turn with him there. Or do you already have that in motion and you're doing a four on four bloodline with the Usos, Solo, and Roman against, like you said, Johnny, KO, Sammy, and somebody else in that spot? So it's kind of going to be kind of interesting to see how that timeline works out. I would almost want survivor series to kind of be that moment where sammy turns babyface, whether it's by turning on the bloodline or having the bloodline kick his ass
0: i would i would have that as the start of the slow burn to it i just don't have faith in wwe to keep the ball rolling that long (laughs) that long like like true like even even i know people are gonna be oh no you're thinking about the old regime you're not thinking about this regime let's be real here Triple H's track record, as far as carrying a long storyline, has only benefited historically by injuries. That's the only reason why Gargano and Choppa went for as long as it did, is because Choppa kept getting injured. <laughs> like, uh, Triple H's track record, as far as you know, slowly, slow burning type of storyline with Sami Zayn being in the bloodline and then it building to the big moment where at the end of this year, you get the bloodline turning on on Sami or the beginning of next year. That's the type of thing that I want. I want probably, you know, war games to be the start of that. But definitely they have the opportunity to do a five on five war games, which they haven't done before. Do it this year. Do it with the bloodline.
1: I, I would be down uh, with that. Ozzy saying it's going to happen at Crown Jewel. Uh, when Sammy will get kicked to the curb? No, because Sammy can't go to the Crown Jewel events. Uh, so that's not going to to happen there. Uh, but something is going to happen where Sammy screws up, and then it's going to be Jay Uso who's going to be pushing Roman Reigns to to kick him to the curb. But uh, I'm enjoying the ride. Like I said, this has the potential to really take Sammy to to absolute new heights and create that ultimate. Underdog, big time baby face that we haven't seen since Kofi Mania, Ryan Danielson type levels. I I really think that that's the ceiling for Sammy here, and I hope we get there. Uh, since we came back, la- since we were last on the air with you guys, we've had not one but two big returns in the world of women's wrestling. SP three, you were there live. Arthur Ashe when Zombie hit and Soraya came out to a stunned Britt Baker and all the women after the Women's World title match, staring them down, kicking them out of the ring, or at least they backed away from Saraya as she came down to the ring. And then last night, like husband, like wife, just out of the blue, we hear the music, we get Candice LeRae showing up on Monday Night Raw. Last night, she beats Nikki A.S.H. Uh, in her return to the company. And then we saw Nikki take the mask off, which everybody thinks there's an interesting angle possibly building with uh, building with her there potentially we'll wait and see but let's focus on Soraya and Candice LeRae here um look these are just two big wins uh, for for both companies whichever way you look at it I I do think that Soraya has a chance to be a major game changer for AEW but it's going to be all on, on on what she can do is she there to wrestle I would have to assume she is but who knows at this point
0: Uh, I, I would think that she is her situation is similar to Sting's situation. When he came into the company, he had not been cleared by WWE doctors. I believe his personal doctors had cleared him, but he wasn't cleared by WWE doctors came to AEW we all thought, yeah, he's not, he might take a bump or something, might do a cinematic match. He's not going to do any type of serious stuff. And he's doing dives off freaking balconies (laughs) at 62 years old. So I'm hoping that it's good. It's good for Soraya. I I just want to see her happy in the ring, doing what she loves, what she was really born to do. And I think if they're able to allow her to do that on a weekly basis, a little short, slowly, but surely she will kind of be that anchor to push forward the AEW women's division if she's given the time to do that she did that in WWE at a time when women's wrestling wasn't really focused on it was really Paige being the catalyst uh, for that in NXT slowly but surely building up you know her connection with the audience and then her matches with uh, you know Emma in NXT really started the women's revolution before the four horse woman before Ronda Rousey came through before all of that it yeah. was it was Paige so I'm hoping that Soraya is able to do that for AEW. As far as Candace LeRae, I'm just happy that she's back as well. You know, at uh, being a parent, I'm happy that she was able to, you know, be there for the, uh, you know, had the birth of her son be there for the first couple of months and now she's back doing what she loves, and at the same time being a mother at the at the same time she's a miracle worker to be able to do a pro wrestling schedule along with uh being a mother and she adds a lot to the wwe women's division but man the rich get richer don't it (laughs) God, it, I feel like I'm getting this rent every time. I did this ran a true. I'm gonna do it here because my frustration <laughs> with this started here with Rick when we talked about all these people coming back, yeah. and I and I and, and nobody else. It seemed on wrestling YouTube and wrestling podcasting has been saying what I've been saying. I feel like I'm alone. I'm the only one noticing that he keeps putting everybody on Monday Night Raw. Like, what? what is, man, was Paul Heyman actually right? Triple H don't like SmackDown? It's not even Tuesday night. It's not even about working on Tuesday. He don't want to work on Fridays. He don't want to make Fridays better. You telling me out of all these returns, the only ones Friday nights get is Braun Strowman? Braun Strowman and Carrion Cross, carrying Cross, Carrying my I have to check my TV is working properly because the screen goes black and white cross and Braun and he never seen a COVID vaccine. Strowman, are you kidding me? Hey,
1: they got hit, bro. Oh yeah.
0: Cause, Cause that's exactly what I wanted. I want the Destiny's Child without Beyoncé. Uh, You know, you you give me all the scraps. You got all these great workers in the men's and women's division coming back to WWE. But you're going to put all of them on Monday nights. And especially last night, yo, last night Raw, it felt like a three-hour AEW Dynamite. Like It was just long wrestling matches something's always going on, something grabbing your attention. You know, you got QR codes flashing on the screen. You got security guards being beaten up in the back. You got to pay attention because that mannequin is now Dexter Loomis. Like, you <laughs> think they- <laughs> It felt like a 3 hour AEW Dynamite where the 3rd hour didn't even drag. It it, fe- it I was up for the 3rd hour. I just enjoyed the whole show because they just focused on the wrestling. I was, was going to had-
1: ask was that a criticism? But no. It, no. it, it was great last night. Last no, night's no. night was genuinely spectacular.
0: Yes, I'm talking about the good AEW Dynamite <laughs> where where there's a lot going on there's storytelling progress their stories progressing there's good in-ring action especially the in-ring action there was like four yeah. or five good to great matches on this show Love. and then you also got the return of candice LeRae. so it's a noteworthy in that point i'm just hoping all these women get time especially you know candice being on a very bloated right now we're all roster it and is. especially if the draft ain't happened till after wrestlemania God bless her, even though they kind of teased that she's going to push Alexa Bliss out of the way so Alexa can turn heel. But we'll see what, how that takes. Right. And as far as Soraya, it's just the same thing with the AEW time. I can't get excited. I can't call them game changers anymore. We got to just say, give them time to be game changers. Tony Khan.
1: Yeah, uh, and somebody said the same thing. I, I just saw it. Uh, Ace is saying AEW should build up. Soraya, don't, you know, you know, don't rush into it. You have a you have a chance here to tell a very similar story with what you were trying to do with CM Punk. It has been since 2017, 2018, since Soraya has has even wrestled. So, I mean, it, you have that chance to do that same slow play. Does she still have it? The the only difference is that Soraya is only 30 years old. She's not, she's my goodness, this girl, this woman was such a damn prodigy. That her career ended five years ago and she's still only 30. That's how much she accomplished at such a young age. I will say this, though. There is no way. This is what gives me hope. Because, again, I believe in pro wrestling, right? What gives me hope is there is no way on God's green earth you are bringing back Soraya and going to continue to do what you've been doing with your women's division. Like, if you can break they've never been able to bring in a star like that into the AEW women's division. This has been by far the biggest signing in that division. And that's not a knock on Athena, who I genuinely love. That's not a knock on Ruby Soho or Tony storm or anybody. It's just Soraya is that damn huge of a signing. She arguably right now would be a top four signing for me in the entire company without even stepping foot in the ring. If she's back to wrestle, that is huge. And that's what gives me hope is you're not bringing in somebody that big to just continue to do what you're doing. The 920 matches on Dynamite and, you know, the random enhancement matches on Rampage. And then, hey, here's eight matches on AEW Elevation. All right. And, hey, this person has won 37 matches in a row on on Dark. And now they're getting the TBS title shot. You're not going to continue that shit if you're bringing in Soraya. She should be on TV every week. You should be building storylines around her. And I know she's gonna be pushing for the enhancement of of more time. and I think it's that's why it's so great that she is there. Not only just for her for wrestling fans, but I think for the betterment of the division, she's gonna help make it better. She's gonna be that that leader, that voice that they need in the locker room. That's why I think that's so huge and why i'm I'm willing to call it a game changer and I'm hoping things will change. But again, you have that issue where it's easy to get eleven women on a show when you have three hours. When you have Monday Night Raw, is as much live television as AEW has in an entire week. So it is very, very difficult, but I still think it can be done. Uh, As far as Candice LeRae is concerned, yeah, man, she looked great last night. Pretty good pop. I'm happy that she's back. You knew she was going to be on Raw. I understand what you're saying, but you knew if she was coming back, she's going to be on Raw because that's where Johnny is. Maybe you should have put Johnny on SmackDown, but regardless, I think something bigger is ahead for SmackDown. If let's say Bray does come back, which we'll oh we get, we get we get
0: we get Mister 60 Minutes Bray Wyatt, oh that's
1: great. Smackdown land of the beef, baby, land of the beef. Just get Burger King as a sponsor. Beef, it's what's for dinner. That's what's on Friday nights. But you know what? It's working. When, I, when it's the ratings are up, when which is something I ask else for, to talk about later.
0: When I ask for work rates and you bring up, <laughs> we're gonna get Bray Wyatt. Yeah, great.
1: We're going to get Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. We're just going to take it back two years. Run it back. Triple threat match. Let's go. But I'm happy Candice is back. And I love the fact that they're already. This is what Triple H is uh, what I wanted to see out of him. Already next week. You're setting up Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai. You're, you're laying the seeds for Candice and, and Bayley uh, down the road, even though Bailey's already feuding with Bianca Belair. It's not just, hey, we're in our lane. We have tunnel vision. We're working on this one thing, and then we'll just let this person chill on the sidelines, and then, hey, they'll come in and w- win a random number one contenders match, and then we'll start that feud. No, they're starting to weave in layers here, and you're starting to set things up. Uh, I'd like to see some more talent show up, there's, if they're going to bring back more women, though, there's still a lot of options out there in free agency that you could bring back and put them on SmackDown as well. But we'll see.
0: Uh, that was bugging me that you had Candice LaRae. Oh, Candace, damn. It's with the E.
1: I'm terrible. I got typos. I'm sorry. I'm terrible with typos. I had one last week that was so bad that I didn't even notice it until I watched the show back. And I'm just like, Ugh. it's Okay. And
0: they answer Ace, uh, they better give her time to talk tomorrow night. They've already hyped that. So hopefully she has more than five minutes and she's not backstage. Hopefully she's in.
1: Yeah, I will will say the same thing. And thank God that she went out of her way to clarify how her name is pronounced, because when they said Soraya all over the line, I'm like, wait a minute. I know I'm an idiot, but I could not have been saying it wrong all this damn time. Please tell me I had it right. Thankfully, she clarified that it is Soraya. And then she had people on social damn media telling her how to pronounce her own government name. People, what are we doing? And that is a perfect segue into our next con- uh, conversation, which is Malachi Black, who felt the need to go on, what was it, Instagram Live last night, Whatever whatever social media platform he decided to go live on last night and basically air out everything that's been said about him that's wrong, that's been reported about him that's wrong. He hasn't been released from AEW. He he says he did request his release from AEW. He's just taken time off to work on some personal things. He'll be back with AEW. He said people were giving him death threats. He got death threats over... Uh, reports from uh, wrestling journalists that may or may not have been 100% accurate and he felt the need he had to go out there and clear things up I'm just sitting here watching this man talk on the air and I'm going what is wrong with people stop it it's not that serious if the man needs a mental break who cares let him fix himself it's okay we all need breaks from time to time What?" Is wrong with people. I feel like I ask that on a daily basis now, SP3. But you have that, and then you have Meltzer reporting out today from Wrestling Observer that yes, Malachi may have asked for his release, Buddy Murphy may have been right behind him, but Tony Khan's not releasing anybody. And this is directly or indirectly related to the fact that WWE came after so many guys, asking him, you know, throwing out feelers and the whole tampering situation. Tony Khan's like, I ain't letting anybody go right now. So there's a, there's a lot of layers to what's going on in the AEW locker room right now with with talent who may or may not be happy with their situation.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting situation that they're in. You know, God bless, you know, Malachi Black having to deal with all that. You're already dealing with, you know, Issues, personal issues, and then you got people trying to pry into your stuff. You know, your mental health being reported on. It's not nice. It's it's not what this is all about. So, as far as the no one in AEW is getting released, how it sounds to me, it sounded like to me from Malachi's IG live that he uh actually rebunked even asking for his release because he said in his statement he had release with the quotations Mm quote-unquote, saying that he doesn't agree, the author doesn't agree with the terminology that was used. So from just me, third-party standpoint, taking in all the reports, hearing about everything, it sounds like both Malachi and Buddy Matthews asked for time off. That's what they asked for. That's what they asked for. They didn't Technically, we can't say for sure. It's not been confirmed. They asked for their release, but both guys asked for some time off, which they are accountable to do. But I love the fact that I was vindicated in these reports. Because Rick, 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 Uchino tried to tried to ask me and tell me, oh, what, 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 what quantifies as contract tampering? <laughs> if you contact somebody that is contracted by someplace else and you ask them, oh, man. How can we get you to come over here? Can you ask for your release from there? How about you do that to come here? That's contract tampering. That's exactly what I said. And I've been vindicated by these reports. So thank you to the great people at Fightful Selection, Ross folks, Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, Wrestling Observer, because I feel vindicated when I said it was contract tampering and they have gotten legal letters telling them to stop contacting our wrestlers
1: yeah now that we have you know more information about certain things yeah that's contract tampering yeah that's a problem hey you, you're contracted you for five more that years? from the first report though you I don't jump the conclusions to that's a oh lie. my totally god do. that's a lie i totally do but i wasn't gonna i didn't want to jump the conclusions on that one but that is ballsy though like that is ballsy on wwe's part to go that that kind of shows you how much respect that they have for AEW right now, and I can totally understand Tony Khan reacting the way that he did in that press conference in that that section where you know he that that viral clip where he's like, I'm not gonna sit back and take this fucking shit, and then stared at like mean mugged the entire <laughs> media. Right, I get it. I'd be pissed off too. Like I didn't realize. Like I'm sitting there and I'm going, man, that's that's kind of a. That's kind of deep right there for, like, just talking about people also booking on Labor Day weekend. But then you tapped into all this other stuff that's come out. I'd be pissed off, too. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, sure. That's that's a no-no. That's a no-no. That, that's a disrespect thing, too, I think, right there. Now, again, I will say, if you're just calling in to check up on somebody, see how much time they have left, wage in the no, water. No, there are
0: ways to do it without someone in your management doing it. If you if you we had the reports of the Young Bucks and out fielders, they already said they wouldn't have to do that. You know why they wouldn't have to do that? Because they're friends with Kevin Owens. They're friends with Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Triple H knows this. All you gotta do is contact Cody. Contact Kevin. Let's talk to the young bucks. You use an intermediate intermediary is your is your is your out is your out clause to around contract tampering. If you want to get in contact with Malachi Black, he got plenty of friends. Tell Ricochet, yo Ricochet, we you're friends with Malachi Black. You still talk to him? Yeah, sure. So go go talk to him and tell him to go ask for his release from AEW so he can come to WWE. There are ways around it, and they just. Hey, we got, we got big balls. We don't care. We're just going to act.
1: They they were definitely on me. Let's see what we can get away with. That is exactly uh, what they, what they decided to do with. And yeah, no, if that's what had happened. Yeah, no, that's, that's a no, no. Now the, the one thing that does confuse me the about what Malachi said in his video last night was him talking about, where did the whole five years thing come from? I don't have five years left of my contract. That was directly from Tony Khan's mouth on busted open. So unless Tony Khan is like kayfabe in the media and he doesn't, and he, or I he mean, spoke, I, who knows?
0: I, I just, I'll just, I'll make this short and sweet. Malachi black man, Malachi black. He, he, he got heat he got an issue with wrestling journalism and if he sees one thing wrong and he could have four years left on his deal, which technically the people that said he have a five year deal are not wrong because he's been there for a year, but he can have four years on his deal and he's, he will hold on to the fact that they said he had five years left on his deal because he was like, they wrong. You see, they can't even get it right.
1: I just hope, you know, let's let's everybody just leave this man alone let's not make assumptions about his personal life or his marital life let's not send him death threats like guys again what the fuck are we doing leave this man alone let's let him have his time to get right take care of what he needs to take care of and then let's see his him back in aew whooping some ass i don't care i genuinely don't care what company this man's in i just want to see him on my tv screen happy happy Healthy and kicking ass because he is a fantastic performer. That's all I want. So I wish you all the best, Malachi Black. We got a lot more to dive into. So let's get some rapid fire going here. It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. So SP3, we coming out of Grand Slam. We have not one but two new world champions. So the five count's actually going to be a six count here because. Question number one is is going to be two parts. Let's start with the AEW World Championship, the main event. John Moxley, Brian Danielson. Moxley walks out as the champion. Are you still making that face or did you freeze on me? Okay, there we go. (laughs) John Moxley walks out as a three-time AEW World Champion. And I need to make an edit here because I'm an idiot. Hold on. See, typos typos everywhere this is what happens when you do stuff in a in a hurry all right way to go with it.
0: that rapid fire
1: yeah number one did tony khan make the right call putting the AEW world championship back on john moxley
0: yes he's the ace of the company the top baby face the flag bearer and if the long-term plan is to put the title on mjf john moxley is one of the few guys that won't lose anything from holding the title for a month so yes
1: I, I think this was 100% the right call. In retrospect, this is Tony Khan making amends to something that he shouldn't have done in the first place, which is take the world championship off of John Moxley. This guy is the heart and soul of the company. This guy canceled his vacation. He wasn't even supposed to be there that day. He was supposed to be out on a boat. Somewhere on a lake, catching fish, chilling out, drinking beer. Well, not drinking beer, excuse me, pardon me, sorry. Uh, But drinking non-alcoholic beer, enjoying himself, resting up. Instead, he wants to put this whole mother effing company on his back and carry it into the future. 100%, you got to run with a guy like that. 1B here. Did Did Tony Khan make the right call putting the Ring of Honor World Championship on Chris Jericho? That depends on timing.
0: The the timing for that one is if we're close to a TV deal or if we're already in negotiations for a TV deal for Ring of Honor, Chris Jericho being the champion is kind of like the trump card that will put you over the top in those negotiations. So I 100% understand it there, but I don't understand why you needed to put the title on Claudio. was it just for him to be a transitional champion i'm not understanding long term why you couldn't do jonathan gresham versus chris jericho where that is a more natural anti ring of honor versus the guy that is the heart and soul of ring of Honor.
1: yeah um unless the long game here is to eventually put claudio over on chris jericho Like, I I don't necessarily understand this. Now, I do get it from, like, a storyline standpoint because you have Chris Jericho, the anti-wrestler, wrestler, wrestler, the greatest sports entertainer in the world. It makes a ton of sense from, from a heat standpoint to put the Ring of Honor World Wrestling Championship on Chris Jericho. I understand that. But then I'm going, okay, but Claudio was doing just damn fine as the Ring of Honor World Champion. Why'd you have to cut his run? His first run ever as a heavyweight champion, you had to cut it short to put it on Chris Jericho when you could have put Claudio over on him. I think if if Jericho has the belt for a month or two and Claudio wins it back, I think in the long run, yeah, that that kind of makes a little bit, Uh, more sense because
0: that doesn't that doesn't clear up what what i'm saying what i'm saying is that i thought the right decision of death before dishonor was to do a 60 minute time limit draw with claudio and jonathan Gresham because claudio it was going to be about the chase to the championship which The chase to the championship, of course, the payoff is winning the championship, and it would have meant more for Chris Jericho to beat Jonathan Gresham, the guy that brought the Ring of Honor title to AEW, the heart and soul of Ring of Honor, and then lose it to Claudio Castelloli. If his first run was beating Chris Jericho, saving the Ring of Honor title, that would have meant more than what happened at Death Before Dishonored
1: and that might be why Jonathan Gresham has no interest in being in Ring of Honor anymore at this point. Um, of course, all of this uh, going down is, is stemming off of what happened at All Out and with CM Punk, and then you have Wade Keller, uh, who kind of reported, but kind of speculating on whether or not CM Punk has wrestled his last match. He's saying that he, uh, of PW Torch, Wade Keller, says that uh, he does not expect that CM Punk will be back in AEW. He expects a buyout of some kind. A lot of time between when that might happen. If Tony Khan's not releasing anybody, CM Punk's injured for nine months. Maybe a lot can change between now and then. I'll ask it anyway. SB 3 is CM Punk wrestled his last match in AEW, think?
0: That's tough. Um, I'm not really sure, but if you had to put me on the spot right now, I would say no. I can't see the people involved, including CM Punk, leave that much money on the table because Kenny Omega versus Eon punk right now, is the biggest possible match AEW can offer. So yeah, I don't see the people involved leaving that much money on the table.
1: I, I think this is also one of those things where I don't think either side wants this to end this way. Like I, I don't think punk wants his miraculous return to end this way. Tony Khan, who put, who invested so much monetarily and elsewhere, in CM Punk wants his last ride in AEW to be a F-bomb latent tirade on people within the company. And, and the, they're, they're, I genuinely believe that there are people inside AEW who don't want to see CM Punk back. And that might be the case. But between now and when he heals up, maybe cooler heads prevail. Maybe you can sit down, talk, negotiate. I think they are going to do everything that they can, all parties involved, to get CM Punk back in wrestling. Because one, he still is a major draw. Two, he can still go, and they put so much investment into CM Punk. There's no way that they want it to end that way. So right now, I'm going to say no. I think he will wrestle again in AEW. It's just going to its gonna be a while. It's going to be a while anyway because he's got torn triceps, so he's out for nine months. They got time to figure this out. They got time to figure this out. Uh, SP3, if you remember back to Extreme Rules last year, which I was at. It was in Columbus, Ohio. There was all of one stipulation match on the entire card extreme rules was not very extreme and then the one extreme rules match that we had finn balor lost because the turnbuckle collapsed right so i still remember it genuinely being a fairly good show but especially being there live this year though has the potential to just blow that absolutely out of the water we have five matches booked and here's a novel concept we have five stipulation matches that have been booked. We now have an I quit match. We now have a ladder match. We have a strap match. We have fight pit and and, an, and your, your basic extreme rules match, which is basically no DQ. We're getting extreme again in extreme rules, especially in Philadelphia. Makes a ton of sense. Which one of the five matches that has been booked so far intrigues you the most? By
0: far, it's the fight pit. Fight Pit feels like it's the main event for the show because it's such a unique stipulation. Hasn't been seen on the main roster, only in NXT, which is like a fraction of the main roster uh, audience, whether you compare it to Raw or SmackDown. So there's so much of this audience that's never seen a Fight Pit. I think it's the most interesting thing. Seth and, and Riddle have such an established feud that it feels like this is the blow off to it. So yeah, definitely the
1: Fight Pit. I get what you're saying. To me, though, there's a lot of intrigue for me with Finn Balor and Edge in an I quit match because this this is the moment, trust me, this is the moment here where you got to say Finn has to go over. They have to get a win over Edge in some way, shape, or form. They have to. They have to. Cannot end this feud with Edge winning a fourth match over Judgment Day. So the question to me becomes, how do you get the man who doesn't quit to say, I quit? And I'm thinking maybe they involve Beth Phoenix in there somehow. Maybe you can get Rhea Ripley pulling you know, some of her uh, shenanigans with Beth Phoenix and get them involved and kind of force an emotional edge to, to say, I quit to protect his wife. Maybe you could do an angle like that. That's where the intrigue comes to me here, because I don't, I, I don't want to believe here, SP3, that they're going to book Edge to beat Judgment Day again. I want to believe that that's not going to be the case. So to me, it's how do you get Finn Balor to get Edge to say I quit? That intrigues me. Because I want to believe they're not going to book Edge to win over Finn Balor and Judgment Day again. Again. You're going to laugh at me. You
0: you took the the, the least least intriguing matchup on this card and said it was the most intriguing. That's why I'm laughing.
1: It's intriguing to me because, again, conventional wisdom would say you don't have Edge beat them four times. You got to get all win over them. At some point, you got to get Judgment Day over on Edge because otherwise, what is the entire point of all of this been? So it's intriguing to me. How do you get a man who doesn't quit to say, I quit? The other matches, I'm excited for Fight Pit. At the end of the day, I don't know how much this result really matters in the grand scheme of things. I think Bailey now challenging Bianca to a ladder match is intriguing in a way that now it kind of definitely opens up more of an avenue where where Bailey can win. And I, I agree with you. I do kind of have this gut feeling that Alexa Bliss is going to be turning on the baby faces at some point here. Maybe Extreme Rules is the place to do it. And then I'm I'm trying to think of the other ones. Well, what, what, uh, Lib Morgan and, and Ronda Rousey. I think Ronda's going to win that match. Not a lot of intrigue there for me. And then the other one is, I already forgot to be honest with you, what the fifth match was. Yeah. I think Karen cross is going to win that match and he probably should. So if you're going to say what intrigues me the most, how do they get edge to say I quit for me anyway? We had some more Easter eggs last night. SP3, this, this, everybody is going down the white rabbit hole. So many people are diving into all the little clues and everything that drops out. But last night we're getting, we're getting hints about Baron Corbin. We're getting hints about Alistair Black, which may have been a catalyst for, you know, Malachi doing what he did last night. Cause you got people who are going wild on the internet, because they had the source video that came out from the QR code that had Alistair's, uh, you know, ring music lyrics in it. So now we're dropping red herrings everywhere because there's no way, obviously, cleared up now from Malachi that he's leaving AEW to come to WWE, especially this soon. And if, if all of this white rabbit stuff, and I, I, I'd say this is a guy who enjoys Baron Corbin's work, I like the guy. He's a nice dude. Interviewed him a couple of times. If he's the white rabbit, oh, people are going to reject that big time. You want to talk about go away heat. That's what it's going to be in this situation. I don't think Corbin needs to be that guy. Now we're throwing red herrings all over the place, riddling up this white rabbit hole. When, When do we reach the end of this? Because it's working. It's got people tuning in. Massive rating for SmackDown based, what I believe to be off of the 923 at 923 stuff when do we reach the end of this when do we find out who the white rabbit is which it better be bright white at this point
0: it was definitely because of the white rabbit mystery that they popped that 2.5 rating because the the peak of the rating was during the Braun otis match which went down during the whole 923 period so yeah um i think that the end of the white rabbit mystery there's potential points of like extreme rules because we've been seeing the fireflies in the graphic for all the male matches on extreme rules or you save it maybe a big moment at survivor series i think that it needs to happen before the end of the year because i don't i can't rely on wwe to go like months of this mystery and still maintain this type of engagement that they're getting because of this.
1: Um, I'm trying to think back to when we first got introduced to the fiend, Bray Wyatt, Um, you know, cause we had those slowly. April. Yeah. It was in April, 2019. And he didn't make his first in ring debut until SummerSlam, right?
0: We just got introduced to the Firefly Funhouse Bray. It yeah. wasn't the fiend. We got introduced to the fiend, Probably like in like May or June. And then he made his first appearance in person like a few weeks later.
1: Yeah. So, and then his first match was over Finn Balor at SummerSlam, if memory serves correct. So, correct. I mean, but like, when did Bray actually pop up from the first time that we ever saw Mercy the Buzzard? When did we have Bray actually like pop up on screen? I feel like it was at least a couple of months.
0: It was April. It was right yeah. after WrestleMania uh, 35.
1: Okay. So, probably going to get a few more weeks out of this i think maybe extreme rules might be a place to do it i doubt they'd do it in crown jewel so maybe extreme rules might be the end of the rabbit hole here uh literally speaking um But yeah, man, it definitely is working. It's getting people intrigued. They're Googling stuff. I'm going to stop with the clues because the second you start throwing out Corbin, Kentucky, which renamed himself King Corbin uh, for a day, and when you start throwing out Malachi Black lyrics, I'm just going to sit here and go, all right, no, I'm washing my hands of this because now you guys are trying to misdirect me because we all know who this is. And now here's the other thing. I got people sending me photos on social media uh, like circling like blurry images on the top of like garages at the arena last night going that's a puppet that's that's mercy the buzzard up there this that, and there and somebody like walk up uh, some stagehand walking back going there was a buzzard there like i got people sending me this stuff and i'm like okay now y'all are reaching now y'all are reaching here just just a little bit what do
0: you expect they're gonna know, reach
1: they're gonna reach
0: i'm convinced though that the malachi black alistair black making a return to wwe is the only way this not being bray white will be okay
1: yeah. I mean, again, at this point, like who else could it possibly be? I know somebody in the chat, you know, said, LOL, Shane McMahon. Who, who the hell was that? Uh, Steve, Stephen saying Shane McMahon, LOL, JK. Uh, I think at this point, anybody other than Bray Wyatt uh, is just going to be a massive disappointment. And I don't know if it's, there's anybody left out there that's big enough um, that it's going to be okay. Like, and I think there was one person who sent me an image of like, because if you saw that, the White Rabbit video, there were flashes of fire, like just briefly, like, like a half second or less. Somebody shot, stopped, showed me a freeze frame of that and circled what looked like the crispy fiend in the background. That one was like the closest one that I could buy. But man, people are reaching. They're loving this. They're enjoying this. I think WWE is going to ride this just long enough. I think it's going to go to extreme rules. And I think that's where Bray Wyatt will show up. That said, SP3 whether it's with the white rabbit or without the white rabbit the the ratings have steadily increased especially on Friday night smackdown it's still the most watched show it's getting back up there we're at 2.5 the way things are going with the momentum that WWE has there might be a legitimate chance they get to 3 million viewers by the end of the year do you think that they do that depending on whether it's a special smackdown a regular smackdown something big going on do you think they might be able to hit that 3 million mark by the end of this year
0: i think if they would If they capitalize on the momentum they have right now and the intrigue and interest that they have in the White Rabbit mystery, they could pop a rating by telling people this SmackDown, this week, White Rabbit mystery will be revealed. They can pop the $3 rating.
1: And, you know, they are doing that a lot more often. Like, they're already booking matches two weeks in the event. We got the 25-year anniversary of DX. I love it. Again, it's the little things, right? making you pay attention to all the little small details. And that's why I got people hunting for puppets and things like that in the background. But, you know, just the simple fact of having a a plan and following through on it and not tearing up scripts at the last damn minute and giving us six rematches in a row has made these shows so much better. And SmackDown was great last week. Raw was spectacular last night. They're getting better. Are the shows perfect? No, they're not. There's a lot more that they could be doing here. I feel like there's a lot of waiting going on right now. Like, oh, man, this is going to be great once they do this. Oh, this is going to be great once they get this person there. Right now, we're still in that transition phase. So let's see how things really kind of cook up uh, once those things actually uh, start happening uh, here soon. But I do think there's a genuine chance that they, they could. Uh, Greg Bush saying, fingers crossed that it's Nicholas. Uh, <laughs> y'all got jokes. Y'all got jokes today. Uh let's go back up cuz there were some people who were I'm trying to think. God, I'm so bad at keeping track. Stephen Chambers saying unusual that there's no IC tag or universal title on the line at Extreme Rules. Still time. There's still time that they could add. They're not going to put the universal championship on there cuz they're already building to the to the Logan Paul match, but they I'm trying to think who could challenge Gunther at this point he, they're uh, not gonna do a u.s uh yeah. and it's no
0: title match you could say they have time but they already are promoting they're doing she and gunther the day before that's Sheamus. right they
1: are yeah i forgot about that they are doing that so they're not gonna put that one on there ah uh, so the intercontinental title run on pay-per-views lasted all of one may not get a united states title match either kind of looks like bobby lashley doesn't have anybody uh cooking as far as an opponent right now he's just he's been having some good matches on raw but It is in other people's feuds In other people's feuds. Exactly. Yeah. But Hey, at least it's getting defended on a regular basis. So, all right, guys, well, we appreciate, I got to let SP three get to work. We, we appreciate everybody who tuned in, who chimed in with a chat so much more. We could have dived into, uh, we'll have another show hopefully this week. We'll keep you abreast of when that is actually going to be, whether it's going to be Thursday night, Friday afternoon. We'll let you know. We do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Again, make sure to pound that thumbs up button helps drive up our audience. If you're new to the show, if you enjoyed it, hit that subscribe button. Once we get to 500 subscribers, one of y'all's winning 100 bucks to either AEW or WWE shop. That's on us, just a thank you. Love to hit 500 subscribers at the end of our first year uh, in existence. Also, don't forget, starting on Monday, we got the orange brand, we got the blue brand, we got Lost in the mid card that's gonna be starting Monday night. Jeremy Bennett and Matt Black here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. Looking forward to to, to starting another Another show, have another brand, a second property under the Believe in Pro Wrestling flag. Uh, give, give those guys all the support in the world. Make sure to tune into them uh, every Monday night. I believe they're going to be going on at 7. I still got a lot of work to do to, to get them set up. So I'm going to go hop off here now and get that done. Uh, we'll be back later on this week. Thank you guys so much. You've been watching and listening to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, brought to you by Bet Online.